Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of May 11th, 2021, and this is officially episode number 479, and this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com, and you can also find links to listen live at ParanormalKing.com as well as on ParanewsInsider.com, the official home of the Paranormal News Insider. It can be heard each, well, most Tuesdays here on ParanormalKing.com and your favorite podcast provider as well, of course, because that's where you're listening to it right now. Am I wrong? Okay, didn't think so. So this week we've got uh, news from all over the world as always. Obviously, with the heavy concentration of stuff here in the United States. And we got a lot of cryptozoology news, at least what I categorize as cryptozoology news. You may not agree, but uh, there's some really scary stuff going on around the world. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's a little uneasy to, uh, to just imagine what's in your neighbor's backyard. And we'll get into that as well. Uh, but first, got a little news, uh, anomalous notes here with the conferences and conventions. Uh, so I got an email a couple of days ago, um, and I appreciate this. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't do this by myself. I need your guys' help. Uh, if you see something that's changed date-wise on the page. On ParanewsInsider.com, I have an events page. Uh, I try to keep up with uh, the ghost, the cryptid, the UFO stuff. And uh, sometimes a lot of these events kind of blur the lines between which one they uh, should be belonging to. But uh, I do my best to categorize them appropriately. But sometimes, obviously, with the day and age that we're in, uh, things are changing pretty quick sometimes with these events being rescheduled on a whim. And it's uh, pretty hard for me to keep up with that. Uh, it's always been hard to keep up with events coming and going. Uh, sometimes things get canceled. Uh, but now with, uh, with you know, this uh, virus thing, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, the last uh, year and a half, it's uh, made things a little bit more difficult than normal. But I do appreciate the email I received uh, talking about the Arkansas Paranormal Expo. So this event was originally slated for October 2nd and 3rd, but has now changed to October 30th and 31st. That's a, a great time to have an event in the paranormal. I've been a part of a few of those on Halloween. Um, so that is in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I'll get that change to uh, the website uh, tonight. I haven't got around to it yet today. But I'll get around to it tonight, I promise. And thanks to Rhonda for uh, the update on that event. And I mentioned last week uh, the McMenamins UFO Festival that was set for May 13th through the 15th has been rescheduled to September 23rd and, well, I should say through the 25th in McMinnville, Oregon. And we got a lot of those, uh, especially last year. I, I pretty much everything was canceled or uh, most events were rescheduled to 2021 for 2020, which to me, that's just, you might as well just call it what it is. It's canceled. Uh, but then you got to refund money and people didn't want to do that. So they kept the money and just rescheduled the event to the next year, which I'm not sure I would do that. Uh, I mean, I've put on my own event before a few years ago and I get it. It's hard. It's a lot of money. It's, a, it's your own money, uh, most times, but, uh, and planning is difficult, especially with venues, and everything else you got to do, catering. But, yeah, it's it's been a nightmare. It's been a, a real disaster for, for all these things. And, and now people are a little hesitant. Uh, everyone thought everything would be completely cleaned up here in the spring. But obviously that's not the case. So a lot of things are going a little deeper into the year. Um, some just 
uh, just moving around for other reasons. And it, it always happens. But uh, keep an eye on uh, not just paranewsinsider.com and the events tab, but if you're interested in a specific event, probably social media that deals with that specific event, that's probably where you want to hang out. You want to get uh, to know what the what the uh, the rules are as far as cancellations and uh, if you're unable to go or they cancel the event and, and you can't go to the makeup date, are you going to be able to get your money back? And that's that's a big one. Uh, I know a lot of people don't have a whole lot of cash laying around and to, to dump a, a bunch of money onto a concert or an event or uh, anything. You know, sometimes you take vacations or you take time off around these kind of things and it's not easy to, to get out there. So be sure you can get your money one way or the other before you invest in one of these events and hopefully things are cleared up by Halloween. People can get out and get to be a little bit normal. Looking forward to that. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but we shall see. And uh, a quick question in chat. You may be wondering as well as a listener to the show, uh, I've reviewed quite a few books over the years and uh, was trying to be consistent with the book of the week a, a number of years ago, and I was pretty doing pretty good every week having a book of the week, but uh, I haven't had one in a while. Uh, it's not on purpose. Uh, I've not gotten rid of that segment. It's just when I have a book or I have the time to review a book, read it, and, and uh, I usually like to fit it into a story that's going on in the week, but it's not always uh, it's not always possible because then it kind of ties in, gives you a little bit of an educational outlet with a story to tie, you know, tie things together. Um, cause I, I don't just like talking about movies and TV shows cause it really doesn't give you a whole lot of education. That's obviously more entertainment. Uh, but I do enjoy talking about books and books of the week, but I think the 50 or 60 that I've done or more, I forget how many I've done. Um, it was pretty much a majority. I shouldn't say all the books I have good chunk of the books. I think really are the ones that, uh, your average person should should pay attention to. I still have probably a whole bunch. I just got to verify that I haven't used them before I pull them off my bookshelf here. Um, but I'll get back to it. We'll we'll get uh, more books of the week rolling as time permits. It's just a lot of times I, I just focus on the news, and when I get I, I fill what I feel like is filling every segment with um, with the story, the book. I feel like sometimes I just rush into that, but good call out. I, I definitely want to get back into the book of the week, and thanks for the reminder, and I'll try to work one in soon because, uh, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's a, a very important aspect to understanding the strange world that we live in and all these weird things that happen around us. Uh, books are sometimes a good way to understand things. Not always because books are – a lot of books are formed on opinions as well uh, with nonfiction, but they do provide a little better pathway than uh, many of these TV shows do, although some people think those are training courses. Anyway, let's jump into the cryptid news for the week of May 11th. We got some interesting, weird stuff. Um kind of scary things uh, i'd say this first news uh thing I, I think i was at work when uh, i got a notification about this story and i was a little shocked uh, i can't believe this uh this this story and and you wonder how many times this has really happened not only in this particular country but uh, around the world and uh, obviously the last few weeks, we, we've been talking a lot about these mystery cats, uh, sightings of large cats. Uh, I think we've kind of done pretty well with the United Kingdom. And uh, we talked about a few stories last week, and there's kind of a continuation of one of those this week. I'm not going to talk about it. It's pretty much the same stuff we talked about last week. And I think they're just kind of going cat crazy over there right now. Or I should say big cat crazy. Uh, I think they're just kind of uh, – Stitching things together. I don't think people are really seeing anything at this point anymore. I think they're just uh, – everyone's just falling in love with the story and everyone's seeing the cat everywhere. Uh, other sightings have also occurred in Australia, which we've talked about, and even here in the United States. I can't go to a convention anywhere and talk about 
uh, black cats or mystery cats or mountain lions east of the Mississippi without somebody telling me their personal story or a third party story, uh, sisters, boyfriends, cousins, uncles, aunt saw a black panther or mountain lion or something somewhere. So I've, I've heard a lot of it here in the United States. Um, some really interesting things. I've seen a lot of good pictures. I've seen a lot of pictures that are pretty much, I don't want to call it, well, I guess you could call it a hoax, uh, pictures that are kind of passed around that supposedly take place in a certain place but have been used in multiple states. It happens. And so the, pretty much that the entire story is debunked. And, you know, it's it's hard to see these things. We've got a lot of bobcat here in Ohio. And pictures of these bobcats in Ohio are few and far in between for how many there really are creeping around. So it makes you wonder if there's other cats lurking around. It's probably not that easy to uh, get photographic proof of them. But uh, large cats, you know, you'd think they're big. And you'd think you'd see them, but they're pretty elusive. And uh, in most cases, such as the United Kingdom, uh, Australia, United States, uh, they're not – most of the time, they're not just coming into existence. They're not just uh, popping out of nowhere. I mean it's possible uh, for here in the United States to, to have uh, jaguars. They, they do exist in Arizona, so it's possible they could make their way into the United States. Uh, not, not likely. Uh, they're not breeding here. But uh, more than likely, these stories are a product of exotic animals being left let loose. And that's kind of where sometimes some cryptozoologists draw the line and say, well, those aren't cryptids because those are just pets or captured animals that are let loose. Uh, however, you know, the loose definition of uh, part of cryptozoology is animals that are seen in places that they're not supposed to be uh, out of place, out of time and out of this world is is how I define it. So out of place uh, would be these large cats in the United Kingdom, in the United States or Australia, where they're not supposed to be. Um, out of time would be animals that are supposedly extinct, gone, you know, such as a, a dinosaur or if uh, the Loch Ness Monster uh, was in fact an ancient sea monster still alive and out of this world are, are creatures that are just really hard to believe maybe one-offs uh, such as a, a flying man that looks like a moth mothman jersey devil chupacabra uh, things like that that just really defy any sort of rational scientific explanation but anyway not to get too far into the definitions um so i mentioned Jaguars here in I always laugh I hear the commercials Jaguar just Jaguar Jaguar I would never own a car like that anyway western China we've got leopards those are pretty cool so western China leopards exist in the wild and in kind of small fragmented areas uh, they're not super well established, uh, but there are leopards running wild in China. Uh, however, leopards do not live in eastern China and especially near Shanghai or Hangzhou to the southeast of Shanghai. Shanghai is a pretty populated area. And yeah, you're not going to find leopards out there. Uh, in early May, a tea farmer. Well, that sounds like a great job. I can see myself doing that, being a tea farmer. Anyway, a tea farmer spotted a leopard in the wild out here in Hangzhou, which is, uh, again, near Shanghai. He, he took a picture of it. And if he didn't have a picture, I don't think people would have believed him uh, because, again, leopards aren't seen in eastern China. And from eastern China to western China, that's uh, quite the distance. Uh, it's a little further away than California from New York. Um you got a picture of that. Let me find that. There he is. And, of course, it's got the red circle on it, but you're going to see it pretty much uh, anyway if you're in the chat room. <clears throat> so that's a great reason to be in the chat room. Uh, you get this extra little thing I do. I, I take some photographs to show you. So it kind of provides a, an ultimate – I should say ultimate – one extra dimension 
if you will, to these stories. And here you can see uh, a little leopard. I don't think he's deaf. Uh, just sitting there. Yeah, I guess the circle provides a little clarification. I'm sure you could see it in a couple of seconds. Uh, you know, just a, your typical leopard, not a black panther. Not He's not all black. He's got the, the rosettes like, like normal. Just chilling. He's just sitting there uh, in the grass. Uh, doesn't look that big. Looks pretty small. Makes you wonder, you know, why would a, a juvenile leopard be just hanging out at a tea farm? Unless he's thirsty. Uh, so the farmer had a second sighting, but uh, he wanted to go go public. You know, he let people know, hey, you know, I'm seeing this leopard hanging around my my farm here. Uh, but others in the village told him not to report it since it could create some problems, some hassles. Uh, but eventually he kind of caved in. He felt uh, he felt obligated to keep people safe in case this thing did something. You know, it seems like it's uh, a little tame around people. So he shared his photo and story on WeChat. WeChat, which is a, so, a Chinese social media service. Uh, it's probably highly regulated. Uh, many other sightings have poured in in the last couple of weeks, and uh, people have started to get concerned about seeing these leopards. Why are they here? How are they making the trip all the way across the country? Well, last week it was revealed that the Hangzhou Wildlife World Safari Park had not one, not two, but three leopards escape their enclosure and had been on the loose since April 19th. And, well, they just kind of neglected to tell the general public that these three leopards escaped and were running around in nearby neighborhoods. Whoops. Just a slight oversight, apparently. Uh, just this past Saturday, May 8th, they were able to capture the second of one of the three leopards. And uh, last I'd seen, they're still trying to catch the third one. And uh, they're doing some crazy stuff to get these leopards. I didn't think it was that hard to catch a leopard, uh, but apparently it is. Uh, as recently as May 6th, the Hangzhou Wildlife World and Hangzhou Zoo both stated that no animals had escaped. So they're kind of lying about that. Uh, that's a little scary. Uh, the increasing accounts of eyewitnesses ultimately calls the, caused the safari park to come forward about the missing cats. Uh, now, they had snuck through a door that was accidentally left open. I don't know if they were feeding them or cleaning or what they were doing. Uh, but the, uh, the workers in question uh, were not following proper protocol. They left the door open and the uh, cats escaped because that's what cats do. Uh, if you would have left a box probably in the enclosure. They wouldn't have left. They would have just hung out in the box. Uh, so why did the park wait so long to tell local residents? That's the big concern. Why the cover-up or why the uh, the statements saying, it, well, you guys are seeing leopards, but it's not ours. Uh, the statement uh, on Saturday uh, read in part, quote, taking into account that the escaped young leopards were not very aggressive and worried that the Disclosing the matter would bring, uh, bring trigger panic. Uh, we did not promptly disclose the news, unquote. So uh, basically saying these are young leopards. They're not, they're not harmful. They're little kids. And we don't want to cause panic. So instead, uh, they allowed different individual people to find these leopard, and it created panic anyway. Uh, so the safari park was forced to close on Saturday, and the senior manager for the park is under criminal investigation for hiding the news from the public. Uh, nobody was hurt with these leopards running around. And once the news was admitted, a number of search teams joined in to help locate the missing cats. Now, they used search dogs, drones, a powered parachute you never seen one of those. Uh, you've seen them all over the place here in Ohio. They got uh, so it's like a parachute, and they got the it's like a it's like a lawnmower engine attached to the thing with a blade, and you just sit in a little chair. It's got little wheels at the bottom, and you just kind of like sounds like a lawnmower flying through the sky. Uh, so they use one of those, and uh, they also used uh, dart guns, which is important. They darted the first two, and uh, ninety. Live chickens 
90 live chickens to uh, try to catch this leopard. Yeah, so these leopards really and truly, they're, they're really not that harmful to humans. Uh, they're pretty much more scared of us than we are, are of them. That's what they always say uh, until you actually uh, see a leopard in the wild. Then I guarantee you that's not really the case. You're probably way more scared than, than they are. Uh, but they're, you know, especially a young one, they're, they're not that inquisitive of people. Uh, they, they will run away pretty quick. Uh, but the big question here is uh, why not just tell the public that they had escaped and be honest up front? Uh, it didn't seem like they were making that big of an effort to uh, to capture these three leopard. So was it leopard or leopards? Lepidae? I don't know. Uh, but that's what got them in trouble. You know, mistakes happen, things happen. Unfortunately, even you know, even if you were to follow protocol, sometimes these things happen. Uh, happens here in the United States all the time. Uh, very uh, various animals escaping from their enclosures. It's you know. These are animals. It's kind of hard to uh, completely control them at all costs. I mean, have I mean, have you seen Jurassic Park? Come on. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's the big thing. You, you got to be honest. You got to be open. You got to be upfront about things like this because uh, it could have caused some more problems. And uh, luckily, these uh, leopards weren't shot, weren't killed, or, or hit by cars, or, or caused. A significant damage or didn't attack somebody because that would have been bad uh, very bad and here in the united states that's you know it's happened a few times and uh, over the course of the last few years a couple of years ago one of the biggest stories about uh, exotic animals being dumped into the wild was uh, american alligators talked a lot about that over uh, the last two years you know, they're not supposed to live in the Northeast. Uh, they can't handle the cold too long. Um, and I've covered many sightings uh, and examples of uh, alligators found dead sometimes and alive on the Northeastern part of the United States, again, where they don't survive very long on their own. And these are typically released by owners who unfortunately underestimated how large the creatures would become and how difficult and expensive they are to maintain uh, to food. Uh, to uh, provide it good shelter and warmth and, uh, you know, the appropriate things to send it to school. Just seeing if you're paying attention, that's all. Um, but, yeah, they're very expensive, and they grow pretty quick. And it seems like most of these are dumped when they're about four to five feet long. When they're too big to put in the bathtub anymore or the kiddie pool, seems like they're dumped, which is very unfortunate. Um, but probably fortunate because they get any bigger than that, then they do become a danger to people. You know, at four feet, they're really only a danger to children and dogs pretty much at that point. But still, uh, I wouldn't want to be kayaking here in Ohio and uh, my paddle accidentally hits an alligator in the head when I'm only a foot away from the water. Uh, probably not going to be fun for me uh, either. Uh, nor for the alligator, because only one of us is going to make it to shore at that point. Uh, so the Animal Rescue League of Iowa uh, recently shared a story uh, that stated animal service officers were dispatched to an apartment complex after residents reported a four to five foot long alligator sitting in a parking lot. Sitting in a parking lot. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's any water around. Uh, so he's just chilling out in the parking lot, probably, you know, sunning itself because, you know, parking lots get warm and they like the warmth. I'm sure it's not extremely warm in Iowa this time of the year. Uh, so the incident occurred in Des Moines, Iowa, and had residents on edge as they all gathered to watch the alligator resting in the parking lot. Um, probably the most exciting thing to happen in that apartment complex, uh, well... Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, but uh, probably the biggest animal thing that they've seen in that parking lot, unless a, a cow wandered out of an enclosure down the street, which happens probably quite a bit in Iowa. I know listening to uh, Texas radio, anytime a cow wanders onto a road, that's a pretty big story. Happens a few times a week in different areas. So 
Yeah, alligators. Alligators in Iowa. So just in case you're wondering, alligators do not exist in Iowa in the wild. So the animal services officer uh, arrived quickly. I don't know how he felt about facing off with an alligator, but uh, he discovered the four-foot-long alligator and approached it slowly and discovered that it wasn't what he thought it was. And uh, I don't know how people couldn't figure this out on their own, uh, but it turned out to be nothing more than a plush four-foot-long alligator. And I've seen these in stores and places. But, you know, if you're not used to seeing these things, which I can imagine if you live in Iowa, you probably don't get out to the zoo very often, and you probably may not get out to uh, Florida or the South very often to see these guys. Uh, strangely enough, this isn't the first time I've heard about this. Uh, plush toys being mistaken. Uh, I've seen uh, large cats that were mistaken for this. Uh, but And a few times alligators as well turn out to be stuffed toys. But, you know, I'm sure from a distance it might have looked legit. You know, I, I hate to judge these people too harshly. Uh, I'm sure they felt really silly after the fact, but you never know especially in this day and age, what people have in their, in their backyards, in their cars, anywhere with these things. Um, but if you've, I mean, if you've never seen one of the wild, I can see how this would be scary. And it sort of looks real. But uh, this is close up. So I don't know if you saw a further away picture. Maybe it's a, it's a, little, it's a little legit, but... Um, yeah, you wouldn't expect to see the alligator just sitting still. You'd think it would move. You know, maybe the wind blew, and maybe the, the alligator moved a little bit. Maybe they thought it was alive. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's no word so far on who left the stuffed animal there. I'm sure it's uh, quite expensive. This thing's got like probably 30, 40 bucks, I'm guessing. I don't know where you get one anymore, but uh, I forget where I saw one. Uh, it's currently under the care of the Animal Rescue League animal services so that one's not very scary you know maybe the the leopards isn't uh, a, a super scary one you know they're three juvenile leopards stuffed alligators not very scary uh, but the scariest story of the week dealing with animals on the loose and you might have seen this one this one's gaining uh, it's got a lot of attention it's been on a lot of pretty much every news outlet I've seen it's been uh, running in the news all weekend long uh, this comes out of Houston, Texas, which, which as soon as I heard that, Houston, Texas, uh, we get a lot of big cat sightings in Houston, Texas, the exotic animal sightings. And I'll kind of wrap that up at the end of the story. But a Sunday night, residents were beyond startled when they looked out their window. They were out in their residential neighborhood. Uh, they saw a tiger laying in the grass. And this thing was moving around. So it wasn't a stuffed animal. And we've seen, I think Chicago had a, a tiger setting that turned out to be a stuffed animal. Police responded. Uh, I forget how many years ago that was. Uh, but this guy was moving around. People, of course, it looked rather ridiculous. If you've seen videos of this, uh, people were all gathered around taking the video of a tiger. So let me tell you, a tiger, full-grown tiger, can take down a 1,000-pound animal. All right, that's pretty much your whole family at the same time. So my recommendation is, no matter how exciting this is and how much you want to be the star of social media, uh, the best thing for you to do is uh, get away. Uh, hiding in your car is not going to do you much good. Um, take your car, drive it into the garage, shut your garage, and get in your house. Lock your doors. Stay away from the windows. Uh, but people were literally walking around the street with their phones extended, taking pictures of this tiger laying in the grass, which is really dumb. Um, but obviously this is a, a tiger that's been around people, so it's probably not as dangerous as a wild tiger, but uh, it's still a wild animal, it's still uh, wired like a wild animal. And I, I wouldn't want to put myself in that position to uh, test that out. It's probably a little... Scared, a little nervous, not used to being out there like that. So probably want to give us some space. Uh, but yeah, Sunday night they saw this tiger laying in the grass. 
uh, in a street lined with homes in a West Houston residential street. And uh, among the people that were running around around this uh, this tiger um, was an off-duty police officer. He approached the tiger. He had a handgun pointed at it, which uh, don't know how what caliber that was, but uh, these are pretty pretty thick animals. And you know the paw alone is is about eight inches across or more. And if you're sitting in your car, this tiger is going to be able to look right into your right into your uh, side glass there, and probably could go right through it if it wanted to. Um, there's a lot of trucks. You're probably safe in a truck, but a car, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't put a lot of faith in that. Uh, I've seen stories of alligators ramming cars down in Florida. Uh, a woman was killed in China by a tiger earlier this year. Um, so, and a handgun, you may slow it down, but you're really just going to take it off if you start firing at this thing. He didn't fire at it. He just pointed the gun at it and yelled at it. Um, after a few tense moments, the tiger wandered the neighborhood a little bit. Um, a guy came out of a house, kind of grabbed the tiger. He kind of jumped on it and grabbed it by its collar because it's obviously it's a it's kind of a pet. So I don't know if the neighbors knew about this thing or what, if they were a little somewhat little comfortable with it. But it seemed like uh, most people were completely shocked by this event and uh of course, you know, we, everyone's, everyone's got to whip out their phones because that's what you do in a, in a case when a tiger's running around. Uh, but a uh, photograph in the chat room shows uh, this guy straddling this tiger. It's not really that big of a tiger. It's what kind of tiger it is. Uh, and the off-duty police officer has his gun drawn. He's pointing at the house, probably telling him, get your tiger inside. So this guy straddles this uh, tiger. He brings it in the house. And moments later, the guy that brought it in the house, uh, who is now known as Victor Hugo Cuevas, uh, 26, uh, loaded the tiger into a white Jeep Cherokee and drove off just as police arrived. (sighs) White Jeep Cherokee. So he just drove around, probably really slowed on the freeways on a long police chase. Uh, Not really. Uh, Cuevas uh, evaded police after a short pursuit I'm sure he was driving. I, th- I don't think the tiger was driving. Uh, but later, uh, he was arrested at his parents' home and charged with felony evading. So no charges on the tiger, apparently. Uh, he didn't have the cat with him. So the cat is on the loose. cat is on the whim. So there must be uh, an all-points bulletin on a orange, black, and white cat missing. Um so he and his lawyer state that he's not the owner of the tiger, even though he had possession of it. And uh, Victor's lawyer stated that his client is actually the hero in the situation, as he's the one who caught the tiger. Sounds like a very lawyerish thing to say. Uh, in reality, he's the one who had possession of it. He let it, he allowed it to get loose in a residential neighborhood. I mean, who keeps a tiger in a house? And you wonder why, uh, obviously, everyone has the the right to be represented. Uh, But his lawyer, well, he's lawyered up because he's currently out on bond from a murder charge stemming from a 2017 fatal shooting. Probably not the kind of guy you should have uh, who should be in possession of a tiger. Ah, It's just me kind of speculating here. Uh, I've said it before. I said it earlier in the show. You never know what animal might be in your neighborhood, uh, even a residential area. You know, it's, it's different when you're out in the sticks. You know, people may have animal farms on their property. You just never knew it. Uh, but a residential neighborhood, you never expect your neighbor to have a tiger. I'm always on the lookout when I'm walking my dog for deer, for stray dogs, skunks. But you never expect to see a tiger. Uh, So earlier this year, a similar incident occurred in the San Antonio neighborhood where a man had a tiger escape from a backyard enclosure and he jumped into a neighbor's backyard. 
uh, before the police arrived, he brought it back to his home and locked it back up into the enclosure where he had other tigers. Uh, not sure if the neighbor knew about that or not. Hopefully he did. He or she did. Uh, a separate tiger was captured later that month in a different neighborhood in San Antonio and was relocated to a wildlife rescue ranch in Texas. And reading all these stories, I've tried to keep up on the story. I've read a lot. I've seen uh, a lot of coverage on this on uh, different news outlets. And one thing I'm surprised at, and I had to dig back through my shows, I'm surprised that none of these have mentioned in, uh, in all the news coverings of this latest event in Houston that uh, uh, just a few years ago, there was uh, a tiger discovered in an abandoned building in Houston. That was back in February of 2019. Uh, that tiger, now known as Loki, uh, was trapped in a cage and was near death. The, the owner was finally uh, located a few months later and arrested. Uh, but Houston, man, I'll tell you, you know, Houston's a big city. Uh, you drive through Houston, it seems like it lasts forever. It's a, it's a big city, and you just really can't imagine tires running around Houston, Texas, but um, strange area, I guess. Um, and, and the big thing here is uh, tigers aren't pets. Yeah, they're cats, uh, but they're wild animals, and you can't you can try to do what you want to t try to tame a tiger, but they're still wild animals. And uh, like I said, they're a little less dangerous when raised in captivity, when they're in close proximity to humans, but they're still dangerous. I mean, they're they're their paws are huge. Even if they even if they don't have claws, man, they'll still they'll still do a lot of damage even with playing. Uh, so they're not they're not house cats. They're extremely dangerous predators, and even the uh, you know the tame ones that you think that you got under your finger, uh, they can turn into a killer in the blink of an eye. Uh, we've seen stories about that uh, off and on for years. Um, I mean, Siegfried and Roy—that's a good example there as well. Uh, sadly, there's only around now numbers are depends on your source. So there are anywhere between 5,000 to as few as 3,500 tigers estimated to be living in the wild at this point around the world. Meanwhile, they're estimated to be at least 5,000 tigers living in the United States in captivity. And the big problem with that is that only 6% of those tigers are in zoos or other facilities accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Uh, so most tigers and many other exotic animals alongside of them live in people's backyards or roadside attractions that generally fail to provide for the animal uh, physically or mentally. And so their welfare is in, in, uh, is in question. And you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, we should keep a, a lot of these as we can in captivity so we can release them. Well, unfortunately, uh, people, the demand for these tigers is pretty high. So unfortunately people, uh, crossbreed these or interbreed these and it causes a lot of problems. And the more times you breed these in captivity, the less likely they are going to be able to, to survive in the wild. So, uh, captive breeding and, you know, locking these things up uh, is not actually going to help their wild numbers at all. Uh, it's just allowing them to uh, to live in the wild, not destroying their habitat and uh, leaving them be. It's really the only way to, to allow that to happen. But uh, tigers will more than likely be extinct someday soon, which is really sad. Uh, they're beautiful animals, but they're, they're wild animals. They're dangerous. Shouldn't have one as a pet. I mean, come on. It would be cool, but at the same time, they're dangerous dangerous all right so moving on from big cats wild animals alligators plush animals uh let's get into some you know deeper cryptozoology things what about bigfoot we haven't had a real good bigfoot story in a while and now a woman in ulster county new york states that she's uh, got an ongoing issue with the bigfoot 
on her property that's been occurring all year long. And in case you're wondering where Ulster County is, uh, it's about two and a half hours drive north of New York City. Yeah, you know, New York is a, it's a big state. But uh, this is north of New York City. A lot of heavy forests in that area. If you go north of there, uh, it's, it's near Poughkeepsie, I believe. Uh, Jane Vespi states that she's seen the creature, and she describes it as about 10 to 11 feet tall. It's got red eyes, and she's seen it four times since January of this year. Uh, she states that it's moved her garbage cans, bangs on her house at night, and creates a lot of other strange noises as well. Uh, however, her neighbors are pretty skeptical about her sightings. And none of them have seen or encountered anything. Uh, this might uh, just be a bear. Or might just be her imagination. Uh, we don't know. That's all we got to go on so far. Uh, News 12 out of Westchester, New York, ran a poll on their... Uh, this was on their website uh, after publishing the story and there are very scientific results. Not really. Uh, their results were 57.8% of people stating they don't believe Bigfoot is real. Uh, they've got 20, 29.4 state that he does in fact exist uh, while 12.8% say they were not sure. Uh, so that's a, that's the itty-bitty Bigfoot story for you. But the biggest Bigfoot story of the week comes from out west. It comes from Oregon. Well, actually, I guess you could say it comes from TikTok. TikTok. You know what TikTok is. Come on. Uh, so Mike Bodowitz states that he was hiking in mid-April when he noticed a Sasquatch was watching him. And, of course, he uh, filmed it for all the world to see. Uh, even though the video he showed... Well, it was being recorded by his phone, apparently from the screen of his computer. Well, if you're going to put something on a, a kind of an up-to-date social media platform, uh, I think you can get a little bit more uh, creative than that. Uh, so he swears that this is Bigfoot watching him as he shares video, a video of this creature. Uh, the dark area in the video dances around since he's showing the video. Uh, he's filming it uh, to put it on TikTok. And he says that it can't be a stump since the area is high up. So that's, you know, we checked that off. He didn't go back and verify it. He just says uh, that he could see the creature. So he says in a video, quote, I saw it with my own eyes. I didn't want to get any closer to make it nervous or anything, but it's clearly keeping an eye on me. I felt that I needed to back away and move further up the hill to give it some space, unquote. Um. Yeah, I guess you need you need MySpace. That's a social media joke. Anyway, uh, while the video is pretty popular on the social media platform, it uh, does very little to validate the claims by Mike. Uh, I mean, I watched it a number of times before getting super dizzy, and I, I didn't really see what he saw. I think it's just pareidolia. He's seeing what he wants to see. It's just light and shadow filling in the area. I don't think that's any kind of creature. Just think it's light and shadow. Uh, most people don't seem to be convinced that this is a Bigfoot. And I mean, personally, uh, it's wishful thinking, fear, or demand for attention. Uh, his uh, platform is, is full of similar videos. And he's, he's a believer, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, making claims like this without validation, uh, it's harmful. For everybody involved, especially the Bigfoot field, stop stop doing stuff unless you have uh, real stuff to post. Uh, so UFO news. You know, we're still gearing up, still waiting, um, still every day. Keep waiting for that big announcement that the government's going to dump uh, all their info on UAPs out there for the general public to to uh, swarm in and disseminate and read and published on every newspaper but uh, here we are still waiting uh, but late last week there were residents panicked all over the United States uh, Michigan, northern Michigan people were calling 911 
as well as local police and television stations to report a line of lights moving slowly through the sky. Thinking they're UFOs. Wednesday through Friday of last week, uh, Friday night of last week, residents for all the way from Texas to Wisconsin and air, all areas in between also flooded TV and police stations with sightings of strings of light flying through the sky. And of course, a lot of them thought these were UFOs. Some people thought they were meteors. Some people just didn't know what they were looking at. Uh, even as far west as Las Vegas, uh, I found reports last week of people seeing lights in the sky. And all of these can be explained by the same thing. So what was all the fuss about? Well, we talked about this uh, a number of times here on the show. And it turns out, yes, Elon is to blame again. Uh, launches of Elon Musk's SpaceX Starlink satellites were the cause of these sightings all over the United States. And despite how many are already in orbit, uh, how many launches we've had, how many times this has been in the news, you know, I've said it before. I, I thought that by now people would know what they're looking at, but apparently not, as no matter how many times this is covered in the news, it continues to baffle people to as to what they're seeing in the sky. Uh, I've kind of sort of seen them a little bit, uh, just a small trail. I've not seen them as bright as uh, a lot of people have, but I've just not been in the, the right position to do so uh, yet. Uh, but they don't seem that overwhelming to me from what I saw. Uh, it continues to confuse people here on the earth. Uh, Dr. Richard Feinberg, press officer for the American Astronomical Society, said, quote, the way you can tell they are Starlink satellites is they are like a string of pearls. These lights traveling in the same basic orbit, one right after the other, unquote. Uh, well, that's all well and good, but sometimes you do see meteors uh, that are breaking up like that. Uh, debris from satellites, sometimes uh, trails like that, uh, somewhat similar, but not exactly. But yeah, people are reporting these all over the world, not just here in the United States, but all over the world. And this has been an ongoing issue uh, for quite a while. And, you know, we've talked about it here on the show a number of times. Uh, the satellites are also a cause for concern for astronomers. I mean, pretty much anybody who looks up in the sky and uh, wants to see real stars and real planets, uh, these things are kind of getting in the way. Uh, satellites are also a potential cause for concern for nocturnal animals who may eventually be bombarded with unnatural light that will eventually be reflected in the late evening and early morning hours well after sunset and well before sunrise due to high altitude reflection of the sun, which is uh, what most people are currently seeing. So you're not seeing these satellites don't have lights on them. Uh, what you're seeing is the light from the sun reflecting down. Now, they're supposed to have a, a covering on them like matte black, so they don't reflect that much light. Uh, but yeah, people are still seeing these things. And if you take uh, long exposure photographs, uh, you'll probably be able to see these things as well of the night sky. Um, and the numbers are growing. There's currently about 1,500 of these small satellites circling overhead, and SpaceX plans on putting up at least 1,000 more and there's other companies. Amazon is going to start putting their own constellation of satellites up in space. Uh, so these things are going to be, they're going to be everywhere. Uh, one company already backed out, but uh, there's, I think, three companies that are going to eventually put these small, I think they're about suitcase size satellites, a little bit bigger. You know, your bigger suitcase size satellites up in space to uh, beam down uh, internet. So you're going to be able to get uh, Y from from these things. And it's kind of a good thing. I mean, they've already come in handy uh, with the wildfires out west. They were able to, to provide Wi-Fi to, to places that didn't have it in cases of emergency and uh, remote areas that don't have Wi-Fi. So uh, there is a, a kind of a silver lining to all this, but, uh, you know, ruining the night sky for the next generation I, I don't know. I, I can't support that for for internet 
it's got to be a better way. But uh, we shall see. Um, and it's you know it's it's the crazy thing too that people see these in the sky and they automatically think UFOs. And it's amazing that people don't they don't already know what these things are from all the news coverage going on and uh, around us. Uh, so question in chat, do they reflect off of the moon? Well, so the moon, we see the moon uh, because the sun reflects off of that. So we see the light reflected down from the moon to our eyes. That's pretty much what these satellites are doing. They're reflecting that high, you know, the sunlight that's just in the sky. So the sky looks black to us, but the sun is there. The light is going by. You just can't see it because there's nothing to reflect off of it. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird that we see darkness where there's actually light shining, but the light continues to go uh, untouched, except when it hits the moon or the satellites or any any other satellites. And you can watch uh, just after sunset. You can watch the skies and and you can see scintillation of satellites. That's one of my favorite things to do is to spot satellites. Uh, so they're not really not really reflecting off the moon. You wouldn't really be able to see it. I don't think you'd be able to see that, but uh, it's it's sunlight that's causing it. Either way, it's the sunlight uh, causing this. But it's you know it's more so of the the blanketing of the sky. I mean, and if these things start lighting up, I mean, I see it in the future where they're going to have these satellites and they're going to be in formation as a constellation and they're going to have advertisements on it. You can see drink coke flying through the sky. Or Wi-Fi brought to you by SpaceX. Flying to the sky. I hope not. But uh, I can. the writing is on the wall for that. Um, see, also in UFO news this week, uh, one story I, I want to mention. This is uh, kind of a crazy thing. And this is another thing that, that I can't believe people are, are believing in. But uh, anytime you use the word scientist, people tend to believe any story that they read. And this this has kind of caught people uh, a little off guard. So uh, there's a lot of media behind this, and I'm surprised it's gotten the steam that it has. But uh, there's uh, <laughs> some headlines that claim that uh, scientists claim that there is uh, fungus growing on Mars, uh, as seen in NASA rover photos. And a group of scientists have actually published a paper. Now, that's true. Uh, they have published a paper uh, that there are mushrooms growing on Mars. Magic mushrooms, apparently. Uh, now, they just compared the characteristics that they see in these photographs to uh, mushrooms that behave here on Earth, and they're making the assumption on these, and uh, some researchers um you know, have you ever read a, a scientific paper and you, you know how it's kind of formulated? Um, you know, they have a conclusion page and um, they're kind of making fun of that, that uh, the conclusion page should just read speculations uh, because there's really no validation. There's no evidence other than photographs. And it's, again, it's it's kind of like pareidolia. You're seeing what you want to see, and they're drawing conclusions based on just visual things. But there's no uh, actual evidence that these are actual uh, mushrooms other than uh, the speculation. So sometimes these things appear to come out of nowhere, and they appear a day or two later. Uh, but... Uh, they don't take into consideration heavy winds on Mars, and, and these being rocks sometimes are covered and uncovered as the wind changes direction. Uh, scientists are, have already um, gathered information on these these rocks, and they've they've already published actual papers on these things. But uh, these these scientists uh, are claiming that uh, you know fungi thrive in radiation intense environments. And they can pretty much grow anywhere here on Earth. So why not Mars? And they uploaded their their uh, paper into a 
uh, a website called ResearchGate. Now anybody can upload a paper into ResearchGate. It's not it's not uh, peer edited at this or peer reviewed at this point, uh, which it's already getting torn to shreds. Even though it's it's not really been peer reviewed at this point, so uh, the people that have published this though, uh, you kind of use science uh, loosely here, and it's um, not really. Um, let's see, they've they've published things before. I think uh, they're the ones that talked about life on Venus, which was. Uh, that paper was published in the Journal of Astrophysics and Space Science, which was actually retracted uh, pretty quickly uh, once peer reviews came in and tore that to shreds. And uh, the uh, the person behind this also has claimed over the years that uh, he was suing NASA, actually, back in 2014, saying that uh, they were deceiving the public and downplaying signs of life found on Mars, which... You know, it's kind of those things where you see an alien peering around a rock in some of these pictures. It's, it's kind of like that. Like, it's just your mind is seeing things and you're putting two and two together. Uh, it's not really happening. And, and this thing with the mushrooms, that would be cool. But, uh, yeah, uh, the likelihood that uh, there's actually fungus or fungi growing on the surface of Mars, uh, according to actual scientists who deal with Mars, uh, it's pretty much around zero. And um, there is no life there. And it's, uh, it's, there's no data to back it up other than photographs. So it's, it's pretty much, without a doubt, a complete leap of faith based on photographs. But uh, some, some people, some news outlets are taking this as, as fact, but it's not. It's a complete fiction. And it's bad. I don't know what the I don't know what the end game is with this making these conclusions, other than getting attention for it. But uh, no life on Mars, as we know it. Uh, there's more robots on Mars than life at this point. So you know, we'll just have to keep holding out. Maybe, maybe someday we'll have life on Mars. But uh, as of right now, no. Uh, it's it's uh, completely not even credible. Uh, but it has created a lot of false headlines. Uh, social media posts are floating around. I've seen a lot of people talking about that uh, this is real and hopefully that people will understand that this isn't real and not think that there's actually life on Mars. Uh, we've had headlines like this before. Uh, we had a former NASA scientist once claim that there was extraterrestrial life floating around Earth. Uh, that was also debunked. So be careful what you read. Uh, read into it. Uh, don't just read the the headline. And if you get it from um, you get it from uh, the English, some of the English uh, online things like uh, the Sun. Yeah, you might want to question that a little. Uh, but uh, again, it's just based on photos, sequential photos that seem to show uh, these uh, mushrooms emerging from the soil, increasing in size. They look at those puffballs. There's some other aspects. It's it's interesting information, but it's it's all just complete speculation, and there's really nothing that there is to validate that. So it's kind of your scientific warning of the week. Don't believe what you see. Don't believe what you read. All the time. And uh, you know, hey, I'm one of the people that uh, I wish we could find life on other planets. I, I've been holding out since I was a kid, hoping that we would find stuff, but uh, this isn't it. I'm not against it. Uh, I want to find it, but we've got to do it the right way. And uh, guessing and making stuff up based on pictures is, is not the way to do it. And trust me, I'll be the first one to jump up and down and celebrate life on other planets when we finally discover it, because it is a when. We will find it but uh, not like this. This is not it. And I'd be surprised if it was a mushroom. But uh, more than likely a microbe we'll find first. But that's okay. I'm good with that. Uh, even then, there's probably going to be speculation that it's uh, from something that we've deposited on that planet sometime over the last 
40 years of launching stuff into uh, every corner and crevice of the universe, or I should say the, the known galaxy. But we shall wait. Until then, I will see you next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.